good evening to everybody. So Hello. good to see you. Jason, you how are you? Oh, there yeah, you go. I, can I hear lost you. you there for a second. Look I out. I can hear you. All right. It's so odd with you not sitting right here by my side, but you are there, so you're close. It's a little different. A little yeah, different. I'm sure that a lot of folks that's watching us is in the same situation that we had a lot. Well, we we really didn't have a lot of snow in our little area of Kennedy, Alabama. We had a lot of ice about an inch yes. at my house on the roads and in the yard. Um, so Jason could not make it up my hill. So he is remote from his house. But I'm so glad that you're joining us, JB. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad to be here. It's, uh, it's been a while since we've done the Southern Gospel Spin. It has been a while. So uh, we are glad to get back on the road. We've got a fantastic night for you. Thank y'all so much for tuning in with us. Y'all, if you're watching us, if you wouldn't mind, share this. If you're watching on Facebook, please click the share button, share with your friends and help draw us a crowd. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, you, you can subscribe or share that as well. But we appreciate y'all being here with us. And uh, we're not going to tarry too long before bringing our guest in. Um, Y'all do a little commercial real quick. You know, we do this from time to time. We appreciate any support that you can give us. Uh, Southern Gospel Spin and Southern Gospel Forward, the live stream with our young folks, young fans and young artists, comes from SPM Studios. And uh, we appreciate your support. We've got a couple of sponsors to talk to you about. The first one is Ben Soap Company. Uh, ben Soap Company, a producer of natural products such as soap and lotion salve all kind of different good products made out of uh natural goat milk almost forgot what it's made out of jb goat but milk. Uh, very good for sensitive skin all natural products and it's a run by a christian family uh, uh so they share our values uh, my family uses this if you would go to bensoap.com and use the coupon code sbm studios you get a discount and we get a little bit of love all right uh, we have one more to share and this is one of my favorites. It's my pillow, mypillow.com. I sleep on a my pillow. Jason, you do too, don't you? Yeah, I actually, um, I've had one now for I don't know three or four months. And uh, the first night I tried it, I believe it was on a Thursday night, and I think I woke up Saturday. <laughs> that is what you call a good sleep. It was it was fantastic. But yes, uh, good good stuff. Great great pillow. I, I don't leave home without one now. I just, I can't sleep on anything else. They have other products like sheets and towel sets, uh, uh, sleepwear, about everything you can think of, even some pet goods, goods for your pets. So uh, if you would, you could go to mypillow.com and use that coupon code SBM Studios. Again, you'll get a big old discount and we'll get a, bit, a little bit of love. Yes. Boy, I'm about porky piggin' tonight. Uh, I'm, I'm getting my tongue tied around my eye tooth or whatever that joke uh, Tim Riley used to tell is, but... Uh, thank you all for letting us do those sponsorships. If you would uh, give them some attention, we would appreciate it. And again, remember to share us, if you will, with your friends. Jason, why don't you take it away? Yeah. Well, um, Scott, as you said, we are super excited uh, about having our guest tonight. Uh, brand new year. Um, and just to be able to kick off the year uh, with this gentleman right here. Um, I'm not going to waste any time. So, Without further ado, would you help make welcome to the spin, Mr. Sean Barber? Hey, Sean. Hey, fellas, Scott, Jason, how y'all doing? Great. How about yourself? Great. Oh, man, I'm blessed. Uh, I'm a little sore, I'm going to be honest. 
uh, much to my surprise, I left Indiana, moved to Sevierville, Tennessee, and I spent a better part of my day today shoveling five inches of snow. Something's wrong. <laughs> I'm just telling you what happened. So much for global warming is all I'm saying. <laughs> those, those shovels will get you. Uh-huh, absolutely. Yeah, it'll keep me young, maybe. Or remind me how old I am. <laughs> hey, man, guys, thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here tonight and uh, uh, love getting it, getting to talk with friends and, and uh, engage with uh, friends online and, and stuff. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We thank you. Yes, thank you for, for coming on and, and spending um, your time that you have with us. Uh, we do appreciate it for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, I guess just to, uh, to kick this thing off as we do um, in the past, if we've done in the past, uh, Sean, let's just pretend like nobody um, that is watching us, uh, listening to us, knows who Sean Barber is. Um, introduce yourself to us and uh, tell everybody who Sean Barber is. I am the newest member of Triumphant Quartet. Um, could not be happier with that opportunity. And uh, my wife and I uh, have just recently moved to East Tennessee. Um, been raised in, I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, but spent my entire uh, adult life up until a few months back in uh, the great state of Indiana. I'm a Hoosier. Um, and uh, my wife, I uh, love it there. My wife's from the south side of Indianapolis, a little town called Greenwood, Indiana. And I spent the first 18 or 19 years of my life in northern Indiana, met her at church camp, married her right out of high school, and uh, immediately followed shortly after there, moving to Indianapolis to work with her dad and their church there in Indianapolis. And um, that's where we've been up until the Lord called us to East Tennessee. And, uh, man, I, I couldn't be happier. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, talking about getting called to East Tennessee, uh, maybe go into a little bit of your singing history. Uh, I know I read through your bio and I've heard it in the past too, but um, maybe talk a little bit about your, your beginnings in Southern gospel music and, and what led up to that change to move to East Tennessee. Well, let me start with ministry in general. Um, I'm, I'm a PK. My dad's a pastor. We were traveling through... Um, through Indiana when I was just a little, little tot and uh, traveling, singing evangelist family. And uh, the Lord spoke to my parents and, and placed it on their heart that this is where they were supposed to plant. So my folks uh, in what would have been 74, 73, 74, um, uh, planted in, in uh, Northern Indiana. And that's where my dad pastored for over 20 years. So I grew up, in a family, I'm the youngest of four kids. All of my older siblings all sang and were a part of the ministry, of course, all being pastor's kids. And uh, so I grew up singing. Everyone asked me when did I first start singing, and I really don't remember the first time, you know, I was handed a microphone on the stage to do a song or sing a verse or something. It was just something I've always done. And um, so singing's come natural. I've been doing that all my life. Uh, music instruments. I used to, I can remember fighting my older brother for, I'm, I'm Pentecostal. So we've always had drums and guitars and, and, and bass guitars and horns and everything in the church. 
And uh, I can remember at a young age fighting over who gets to play drums or bass guitar. And we had an old upright piano that kind of sat along the wall. My mom led worship uh, with an accordion. And uh, we had an old upright piano that sat there. I think I was about 13 when I started playing. And uh, I thought, you know what? No one ever plays this piano. And I sat down and sort of would shadow mom and the accordion and watching some of the fingerings and, and basically taught myself how to play piano. And uh, being a singer, that was fun because it gave me an instrument that I could use as an accompaniment to sing. Mm -hmm. And uh, so been singing, playing music, been involved in church all my life and um, did the solo thing for a little bit. I, I really thought right going through high school and coming out of high school that I wanted to be, you know, the next Carmen or Stephen Curtis Chapman, you know, and uh, did a little bit of that praise and worship stuff. Had a, a band together when I was in high school and did that, did the solo thing for a while. And, uh, you know, life happened, you know, started working pretty heavily in the church with worship and leading worship and the choir and that kind of stuff. And I got a phone call, from a message from a friend in 2014, the end of 2014, early 15, um, asking me if I had ever heard of called the third row boys and i said yeah i knew i knew of them i had seen them sing in indianapolis area before they were a, a regional quartet that uh opened for a lot of big groups when they came in the area and uh and then traveled and did 40 50 60 dates a year kind of thing and uh their lead i think their baritone at the time was leading or whatever and uh I, the timing wasn't good and months later their lead was taking the pastor a job to move, and, and I got a, a call back saying, think you'd be interested to lead with them now? And I said, yeah, you know, maybe. So long story short, 2015, uh, I went to a third boys concert in Richmond, Indiana, and afterwards walked up and, and sang a little bit, and the harmony of singing with three other guys got the best of me. And I thought, man, I definitely want to do I missed this. Um, uh, because, you know, not, ha not being working closely with family harmony, it was just different having that back again. So my Southern gospel uh, roots are deep from a kid singing Southern gospel music with family. But as far as work, that really started in 2015. Uh, a guy by the name of Brandon T. gave me a job. Uh, sing and lead with the third row boys. I sing and traveled with them for about five and a half years. And uh, the December of 19, uh, right before COVID, March, March uh, the group came in. We were getting busier than I think his schedule would allow. And uh, he decided to kind of pull the reins back a bit. COVID hit, so nobody was singing. And I remember. I remember being crazy with my wife, like, what am I going to do? I'm so used to going out on the weekends and singing and what's happening. And I remember messaging several of my peers in the industry, and they're all like, dude, you realize none of us are singing right now. Just pump the brakes. Happen, right? And uh, long after that, I, I uh, ended up taking the lead vocal position with a justified quartet based out of Flint, Michigan. And I spent the last two and a half years with them as their lead vocalist and absolutely had a blast. They took me to another level uh, from a, you know, from a sort of a national footprint from being a regional quartet to, to being something a little bit more national 
traveling. I got to Memphis with and sort of exposed me to a little larger crowd, which also exposed me to Triumphant. So we had hosted uh, Triumphant uh, in the great state of Michigan uh, for a year and a half got to spend the day with them and then the year that same following year we went to Memphis Quartet show and sang the same night that Triumphant was there. And and I think that might have been a, you know the time in which David and Eric was like having a discussion about possibly And I think that's kind of when they sort of got the impression that I could be the guy. So uh, 2015, when kind of semi-professional, professional Southern Colorado music test. Uh, I'm not really Absolutely love it. That's wonderful. And yeah. uh, I'm going to take just a second here. Now, most folks watching know what we got going on all over the country with the weather and all that kind of situation. Um, I got tickled. My cousin uh, sent me a message. You can tell that I was uh, fretting and trying to fix this over here on on the computer. But I think we have some connection issues, and we have a little bit of a hiccup. And I think I think everybody was able to make out uh, what Sean just said. There was a lot of in and out there, but y'all hang with us. Um, I think this is just a product of just the infrastructure right now and a lot of stress on it. Uh, so y'all hang in there. Um, kind of out of our hands. I know I've already got a text about it, so it's just uh, it's just about all we can do. So y'all bear with us, okay? Right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, I tell you what let's do. Let's take just a second here. Uh, we like to look at our, our comments and see who is joining us and give some howdies. And uh, I love when I saw this one pop up, Miss Avery Bradford from uh, the Hayden Empire area of Alabama. She's one of my co-hosts on the Southern Gospel Forward, and she said it feels weird to be on this side of the screen. So thanks, Avery, for taking time out and joining us. One of my biggest Southern Gospel fans in West Alabama, uh, Coach Mal, Coach Mallory, he's watching us. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. We'll throw up Miss Elizabeth Spelling is watching from Tennessee. While I'm looking at this, y'all, if you have a question that you would like to ask Sean while we've got him on the air with us, feel free to put that in the comments. Hey, Hannah, thanks so much. Uh, Evan, one of my other co-hosts, says Riley looks different. So I guess he's referring to you, Jason. And if that's the case, you've lost a lot of hair and you've lost about 12 to 14 inches of height. Yes, absolutely. If I had a little more up here, which I used to back in the day, back and in the day, red. I had a head full and it was, and it was red. It was, yes, it was probably as red as Riley's. So. Yes, it was. I remember those days, but all righty. And one of our most faithful watchers and listeners, Ms. Megan Edgeworth, says howdy to all. And uh, I was looking for one more. Yeah, here we go other co-host popped in and he said, Riley Wheeler says he's sitting here with my animal crackers ready to go. Well, just eat them and enjoy yourself, buddy. That's right. But, uh, thanks for joining us. We've got uh, Tim Merle from Salisbury, Maryland, watching us. Another faithful watcher, Miss uh, Harrison from Winter Haven, Florida. Thank you so much for joining in. Remember, just uh, if y'all have a question that you would like to ask, I'm going to try to watch these comments and uh, see if we can't uh, put them out there. But um, Sean, you was talking about and getting to the uh, 
triumphant quartet and the path that it took to get there. And uh, Jason, I think that could lead you in, I think, to a question you were going to ask. Yeah, um, Sean, just I guess if you can for a few minutes, take us behind the scenes. Um, you know, as you mentioned, obviously, uh, the fans of Triumph know that, that the guys were together 20 plus years. And, and anytime you have a, a change in a group that's been together for, for 20 plus years, it's going to be different. And, you know, the fans, I'm sure, even myself, um, was like, you know, how is this going to work? Is, is the replacement, is he going to be, is it the camaraderie going to be there on stage? Is the sound going to be there? Um, and all of those kind of things. So just a second, take us behind the scenes and, and tell us um, what led up to the, as soon when, when Scotty decided to step away um, and they knew that they had to fill that spot, where did you come in? I, I actually got a message on Facebook uh, from a gal uh, with Stowtown Records, that is Landon Bean. He's the president of IMC uh, and Stowtown Records, which is the label that we're with, with Triumph. By the way, I'm sporting some 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 merch. Nice nice sweater. I love love the sweatshirt. Um, I got a message from her saying Landon wanted to talk uh, with me and would I be available to to have a call with him. That was out of the blue for me. My first thought was. I'm the lead singer with Triumphant. Uh, I share a little bit of the MC work. Maybe he thinks I own the group. And my first thought was he's reaching out to me about label stuff and, and maybe he's interested in, in Justified Quartet that I was with at the time. And so, I, yeah, sure, I'm not available tomorrow, but Friday or Monday is fine or whatever. And um, so we set up a time and he called me. Uh, and that's that's when I first heard, uh, he said, hey, this is not public information, but uh, obviously I have a vested interest in the success uh, of the Ministry of Triumphant Quartet being their, uh, you know, their label and their management group. And uh, he said, Scotty Inman has uh, shared with the guys and they've been praying about it for a while, but Scotty is leaving Triumphant. And I've been tasked with, helping find a new lead singer. Um, and I use that word kind of loosely because Clayton obviously has been, when they started, was the lead singer. And I think over the last five, six years or so, both Scotty and Clayton, which is the father-son package of the two guys in the middle of the quartet, sort of been sharing that weight of who takes the lead or the main melody or whatever, and uh, made it very clear Hire a lead singer. I'm the baritone now. I don't want to have to go up there and work so hard. So um, Landon advised me that they were going to be looking for a lead singer um, and wanted to know, knew that I was with another quartet. And that's always tricky. And, you know, you're trying to honor and respect, uh, you know, everybody. But, you know, in the meantime, his interest, obviously, is his group. And wanted to know if that's something I'd be interested in. I was immediately, of course, flattered. Huge fan of Triumph. How could you not be? Uh, anybody in this industry knows their success and uh, both from a, a spiritual standpoint and then from the eyes of the industry, obviously, have been on the tops for, for many, many years. And uh, so I was flattered. I'll be honest with you, early in the call, I was literally thinking, am I, am I getting punked? Is this somebody saying this? You know, I really that thought literally crossed my mind. And um, the conversation went on for about 30 minutes. And before it ended, uh, Landon said, could I, could I just pray with you before we go? 
and 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 I'll be honest with you, that was um, the and, and this isn't anything negative to say about uh, any other labels. I, I mean, I've worked with Daylin and the folks at Crossroad through the years and stuff, and I have nothing negative to say about them. But in the music industry as a whole, both secular uh, and and gospel, that's it's a business, you know, and it needs to be treated like a business. And there's some stuff that gets so business heavy that you forget the heart of what we're doing. And I've ran into some of that in the past, and it was the most uh, genuine, like, I'm not praying with you to try to get you to know that I love the Lord and I want you to come to my side. It was the most genuine prayer of uh, praying for me and my wife and my family and Justified Quartet and, and the guys of Justified and Triumphant and Stowtown and whatever God had in store for them. And I hung up the phone and I remember sitting back in my office and, and literally just raising my hands with tears in my eyes, like, Lord, I'm humbled by this. And wow, what a great opportunity. And if nothing comes of this, uh, that was a great conversation, if nothing else. Like, thank you, Lord, for that prayer. And um, we, we closed with, hey, I'm going to give your number to Eric. And, um, you know, you guys can, can chat because he, Eric really did not want um, to pull somebody from another quartet. Uh, he's actually was good friends with the, uh, one of the co-owners, uh, the baritone and the bass singer, Mark and Tim are the two guys that own justified. And, uh, Eric's dear friends with Tim Caldwell, they chat all the time. And, uh, the last thing you want to do is feel like you're jeopardizing the success of another quartet. And, um, obviously, that was the last thing Triumphant wanted to do, but uh, Landon sent them my number and my name and said, you got to call this guy. I've been watching him for a while and he's on my short list. So um, I was flattered by that. Eric and I, the first conversation I had with Eric was I could tell he was not, uh, he was very reserved because he's thinking, man, I'm talking to a lead singer of another group of guys that I really like and respect and, and stuff. And this is not what I really was. And I know this sounds bad, but I think they were truly hoping they would find like a worship pastor or somebody up and coming in a church that they could pull from uh, and not feel like they were breaking up or, you know, jeopardizing another ministry uh, that's on the road. And uh, it, it just started out as, you know, let's pray about it. And, and, and if it's something that's the Lord's, doing then something will come out of it and if it's not then it won't be and, and that's okay too and uh, so my wife and I began praying and then it was we talked on and off for a couple three weeks and at that time uh, the plan was like the end of the year like you know January of, of this year 2024 is kind of when that transition would happen and this was the end of June, so right after the 4th of July weekend, I think, is when Eric and I started chatting. And uh, they were coming to Indiana, I think, a couple, three or four weeks later. And he said, hey, you know, you want to, we're going to, I looked at your schedule. You're not singing. Would you be willing to come hang out for a day? And let's just, I mean, we know you can sing, but what does it sound like with us? And, you know, what's the chemistry feel like when we're hanging out? And just kind of get to know you a little bit. And I'll be honest, I stepped on that bus um, and immediately was uh, just surrounded by just total chill. Uh, I walked on the bus and there sat Scotty and Clayton. And Clayton was, interestingly enough, and I've told several people this, they said, you know, knowing the dynamics of it's Clayton's son that's leaving the group, you know, where does that, where's Clayton's head? In all of this right after 21 years of getting to sing with his son right you know how 
challenging is it going to be for him? And, and uh, that was one of the, I don't want to say caveats, but one of the questions I had for David Derrick, and that is Clayton's not going anywhere, right? <laughs> I mean, there's not going to be another guy you're hiring because, you know, they're both leaving and they're like, no, nope, no, nope, he's already said he's here and this is his ministry and his heart's here and he has no desire to go on. And so Clayton was one of the first, I was sensitive back to my point, sensitive to where his emotions might be. And honestly was one of the first guys on the bus when I walked on just to sort of make sure I wasn't like, you know, Oh, how do I act? And, and really just pulled me in and, and showed, uh, you know, a brotherly love, which made me more comfortable for sure. Right. And uh, we stepped on the stage for a sound check and said, Hey, let's, let's, let's sing a song. Which one do you know? And I, of course I came prepared. Um, and we sang a song and it just felt right. I mean, right out of the gate, I thought, man, this feels really good. Like, and before I left that day, I pretty much, in my mind, it felt like this was something the Lord was telling me he was doing. And I conveyed that to David and Eric. And, and um, you know, a couple, three or four weeks later, after much prayer and fasting and prayer and talking to my wife and back and forth texts and calls with David and Eric, um, you know, history pretty much writes the rest. Yeah, it's been a wonderful story. Well, I will tell you, um, when I mentioned about the, the questions, you know, that, that just the fans had and, and myself, um, Rachel and I came to Coleman. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And uh, so that was our first time to get to see you and meet you and see you on stage with the guys. And um, I remember, um, I think maybe the third song into the set, um, you did Less Like Me. And when you finished that verse, I looked at Rachel and I said, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I got the, I got the Rachel and Jason approval. I love it. <laughs> Everybody in Alabama loves me. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, thinking about this and, and, and Jason's question about, you know, of course being accepted in after, you know, like you said, 21 years of the group being as is, my first experience um, with you in the group was at the National Quartet Convention in Pigeon Forge. And uh, the, the, the things that stood out to me, first of all, the thing that stood out to me was uh, performance on the stage when um, Eric called you to the piano and then you sang Daystar and, and just y'all gathered around. And to me, that was one of the top moments at the whole convention this past year. That was just one of those those stop still and listen moments and that was a blessing to me as far as the sound goes and then going back and forth through the week with you guys at the table and seeing the fan interaction um i know i had a conversation with clayton because as i as i was telling you off the camera earlier i was in the audience the first time that trump had stepped on the stage at the louise mandrell theater so i've been following the guys all these years and and knowing clayton and scotty in the group and you know everything just felt right from the group interaction. You know, you, we talk about harmony on the stage, but the harmony is not only the singing, the harmony is also the chemistry and the like-minded spirits and just watching you guys work together on stage at convention at the table and then watching the, the fans just seem to come and wrap their arms around you, which was a blessing to see. So that just shows to me that God's hand is in it a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, and that has been it. I mean, I, I, my wife and I have been, you know, we, we shouldn't be as, as believers, we shouldn't be surprised at his abundance sometimes, uh, completely, uh, yeah, unmerited favor. I, I look at all of the pieces that have come together to, to get us where we are today and how smoothly uh, that has happened from the house that we purchased in Sevierville, 15 minutes from the bus lot and some 25 minutes from the rest of the guys. Uh, moving my wife to East Tennessee, which we honestly, and I've told this to many people, was our desire. We love it here. Uh, and it was always somewhere we were in, where we intended to retire. Um, and it's like, it feels like the Lord just said, Hey, you know what? Don't even wait. I got something even better for you. Why don't you go now? So it's just a blessing of how it's all done and how all the pieces just fell together. I, I had to, in the early stages of prayer, uh, and about it and making sure that, uh, that I was in the will of God about it. I had to be very cautious to not be wanting this because Sean wanted it. Uh, and making sure that it's what God wanted, that it was a God thing and not a Sean thing. Because right. uh, anybody who would have been given the opportunity that I was offered uh, would have like, I, I want to thank most people in my shoes that would have had the ability. And I had some, some difficult challenges on how to transition out of what I was doing to where I'm at today. I'm not saying that wasn't easy, but it was such a God thing. I looking back now, um, but anybody to be offered this sort of kind of thing, I, I mean, I just, I look back on it and think, wow, I, I'm flattered. I'm honored. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still fanboying. I'll be honest with you. I step on the stage with these guys and I look over and there's Clayton Inman standing right beside me singing, I see the evidence of goodness. And I'm like, oh, this is unreal. Like, you know, it's just too much. Uh, David Sutton, Eric Bennett, are you kidding me? Uh, two of some of the most decorated singers in gospel music. And here I am, this new guy, AKA Kyle there, uh, just the new guy get, who gets to stand on stage with these guys and learn and soak up uh, these guys' heart and, and try to figure out how to convey my heart as well as they do when they're singing a lyric to a song that someone's written. So I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still living the same. And I hope that never changes, honestly. I don't, and I don't think it will. I'm having too much fun. That's awesome. And uh, the Lord definitely numbers the steps and it's obvious that he put all this together. Um, I've got an oddball question to lay out here thinking about this. And uh, I know one of the things that um, Eric says from the stage some is when he first came, he gave you about 35, 40 songs, you know, that he wanted you to uh, to get ready, to be ready for when if the song was called. Um, and as we were joking about off camera, um, you, you and I are closer in age than most folks would think because they would looking at you would think you're about 20 years younger than me. But, um, but anyway, um, so I have issues, you know, you, when I was young, I could soak up lyrics. I could soak up harmony parts immediately. You know, as I get older, it's not quite as easy. So when you're put into a place where you've got your catalog in place with justified quartet and you're making the transition, I wonder if you might walk us through your process when you had the task of in the, pretty short amount of time of learning that 35 to 40 song catalog well i'll be honest with you from from the time we kind of made the decision that it was me until my first weekend with them my first date with them was september the 8th 
we sang at the Ark. And, and interesting, people say, oh my gosh, were you super nervous because it's the Ark, this big event, you're singing in front of thousands of people. And actually it was better that it was on a stage kind of theater environment like that than like at a, at a church to 400 people or something where like the row is people are right in front of me. I was up on a stage kind of back a little bit. So it, it allowed me to kind of like in my head try to stay focused. You know, I'm like making sure I was singing the right part, that kind of thing. But to answer your question, um, music is my life. Honestly, uh, I play a lot of instruments, none of them really well, but I play them. Um, and, um, when, when I felt like the law early along, as I mentioned earlier, I felt like this is, you know, the God, God had already given to Ness and I a piece about it. And it was just a couple little things. I thought, this is of the Lord and these things happen. And I know 1000%, no questions. This is for me. And, and obviously those things happen. Um, I started pretty quickly. Uh, I had just been to a concert of theirs prior. They were in Greenwood, area, or Indianapolis area, and we had went. So I was pretty fresh with kind of the songs they were doing on their last couple projects and their big hits that they got to sing every night. They were so popular because of who they were. I was familiar with most all of the stuff they were currently doing. Now, being familiar with the song and being able to be the guy who has to sing it and know his parts and all that is very different. So early along, I had created a playlist uh, of like, I think I had 18 or 19 songs that I knew. I know they're doing these. They pretty much will be called up routinely. And, uh, you know, mowing the grass on my ZTR, we had about an acre and a half in Indiana. And um, mowing the grass, Phones, driving to concerts on the weekends, headphones, like just, man, if this is in the direction, I need to make sure. So that honestly helped me a lot. Uh, you know, Apple Play with the lyrics, whenever you're pulling it up and you can kind of like karaoke through the lyrics, that helps yeah. visually. You know, I'm a visual learner. Uh, so that, that certainly helped. And um, I, I've got a, I don't want to say it's, I've got a, good ability to 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 remember lyrics and i am a songwriter so i've been known to make up a few <laughs> on, the, on the fly so uh i've got myself out of a verse before and really and thought wow that actually made sense because i didn't remember what the word was but it worked so um <laughs> it's happened i'm not gonna lie that is happened that's great. Yeah, you can make up lyrics into a solo. Uh, don't work too well with uh, one of the harmony parts, but the solos, yeah, you can just go with it. But yeah, I will, I will say this though: where it gets me in trouble, and I can't. That's why I had. I thought I can't do this. I'm going to have to know them. Is the lyrics behind me for a tribal concert? The lyrics are behind me in almost every song that we sing. So I remember. Uh, one of the one of the words of wisdom that I got from Eric is we were like, hey, you know, if you ever forget the words, just turn around, they're right behind you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to do that, right? So. That's great. And I do think that's one thing that ruined me uh, over the years as a, as a worship leader and, and, and um, having the screens on, on the back with all the lyrics and just get lazy. I got lazy, you know, and started just, you know, having, it was just easy access. So I think that's one thing that got me out of practice, but yeah, like you well, said, it's a lot different singing along with a group and then actually being the one that has to know, you know, it, and the other thing too, about 
any SN group. And, and with the 21 years they had was we used to joke around within my family that, you know, the guys, I, I believe they were so tight and in unison that they blinked and they breathed together at the same time, you know, and, 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 and watching y'all on stage again, the times that I have, it just seems like that's, you know, you've just slid right in. And so I know that takes a lot of work on your part and that's a credit to the, the work that you put in. Yeah, the blend is uh, is learning how to it's not just singing, but how to blend and where the vibratos fall to where you're not clashing and all of those right. things are, are right. very important when you're talking about four. Very distinct, mind you. Very distinct, four very distinct voices that all can come together to make something that's very appealing to the ears. And uh, yes. that, that's a testament, again, to their talent and what they're capable of. So it's, yeah. That's good. Well, Jason, why don't you throw in uh, one more of your questions and then we'll take some more from the peanut gallery. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I was just sitting here thinking of, about the catalog that of songs that you just talked about um, and being a triumphant fan in the beginning yourself, I'm sure you had a favorite song that you liked to hear, but mm -hmm. now as you get to perform, the songs out of those that catalog. Do you have a favorite song that you like to to sing? Oh man, uh, I do, but for different reasons. Um, okay. I mean, I see somebody's comment. I, I see the comments off to the side, and obviously, "Arise, My Love" is has uh, has become very dear to my heart. I, I used to sing that. Uh, my wife and her sister. Um, had a little trio that we sang specials from time to time at church. And we'd go around to some other churches, maybe for a camp meeting or youth rally or something it would sing. And that was one that we used to do. Um, and uh, so that one's dear to my heart. It creates such a wonderful, uh, tell, tells the ultimate story for sure. Uh, and that's fu a fun song to sing. And I get to feel like I'm truly like just throwing everything out that I've got in a song like that. But uh, interestingly enough, um, Less Like Me is one that obviously we do just about every night that when I first started working on it, wasn't a song that kind of, eh, well, yeah, just kind of, it's a good song. I like it, but it wasn't necessarily something that I thought to me was a fun song for me to sing until I started singing it on, on stage in the environment where people are just right there listening. Mm -hmm. uh, it applies to all of us. Um, you know, what we're supposed to be more like, more like him and less like me, ultimately. Um, I honestly think one of the songs that I love singing, and we have started, well, I think they've used it probably as the, as the opener, um, probably more than any other thing that I've opened with since, is the uh, best thing. Jesus, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. Yes. Uh, I mean, what better way to set the tone for a concert than to say just that as simple as it is. Jesus, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. I can't imagine my life without you. It's as simple as it gets. And uh, I just think that kind of sets the tone and I lo love singing it. Uh, but there are moments through uh, Eric and David, Clayton and I have all really tried to make sure the intent of what we're to do is not to entertain, but to create an environment where people are going to want to worship and they're going to want to hear the gospel. They're going to want to feel the gospel. Mm -hmm. And uh, if they're not saved, they're going to, they're going to want to experience it and, and, and get there. And mm -hmm. 
So it's not always about what's the best song, what's the whatever. We just got to figure out what's the best way to feel like we're going to reach people and encourage them to be a part of what the four of us are doing on that stage. And that's singing to an audience of one and hoping the others are going to pull in. So uh, to my earlier point, when you asked that question, there there's so many different songs for different reasons that I love. Um, Goodness of God. I'm usually... Most of the time I'm sitting at the piano and just kind of listening to Eric lead everybody in worship. And I, many times I'm not even, I'm out, I'm not even singing. I'm over here having church trying to get through the song with tears in my eyes. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's special because we don't get to be in our home church often. So if I'm singing on a stage, I'm having church. Yeah. I'm giving him my, my praise. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, well, we'll turn it over and get some more comments and uh, from some of our watchers. Uh, yeah, I think we may have a question or two. We do. Yeah, I'm going to grab those at them. We'll hit some hellos first. But, uh, Mr. Robert, thank you for watching. Um, Mr. Joe Renshaw. Hey there, Sean. You're at the top of my list, dear friend. And all oh. kinds of emojis there. So thank you all so uh, much for joining us. Blaine is another regular watcher. We thank you for joining us. It's a howdy to Sean. Um, yeah, Avery had chimed in with their eyes. My love was epic and it was great. And uh, it said, be fine if you did it Friday at Bessemer. And um, I'll try to get a, a graphic up. We're going to talk about Bessemer here in just a little bit. We'll talk about what she is talking about there. Um, I love Miss Rachel's comment here that the heart is the key when you were talking earlier and that is absolutely a hundred percent about the, the the right answer so let's look at some questions how about that um i'm scrolling back up oh i miss producer jason sitting by me <laughs> you know i like how about let's let's keep rachel going here i like this question as being someone who worked in ministry uh in the church as church staff member for years and uh, yeah, maybe uh, Sean, you'll take a crack at this. What are some of the differences between ministry on church staff and ministry on the road? Well, I, I think the, the, the immediate response to that would be if if you're on staff at church, you're 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 buying into that community, and you're also involved in the good and the bad, mm -hmm. right? So right. Um, I think it's a much bigger it's all a responsibility, but in some cases, I think it's a bigger responsibility because you're there, you're, uh, you're involved in what's going on. You're, you're working with folks in the church, trying to grow the youth, trying to grow the music department, trying to support the pastor's mission for the church and all those types of things. But you're also stuck in the middle of everything else that's going on. That's maybe not positive or that's not good. Right. So and I don't mean that as a negative approach on the church, I'm just talking about the law family, the loss of people in the church or someone who's fallen away and is no longer being faithful to the house of God. And you got to go back and really work and really toil to feel like you're trying to get those, those back to the full and, and, uh, versus being on the road. Um, it can be exhausting because it's always, you have to be on the high. You're there to encourage, to give them 100% of your undivided attention and give them everything you can and leave them on a high encouraged feeling like, Ooh, I just got out of a great revival kind of environment. And then we get to move on and, and not that we're turning our back on what's there, but 
until we're back next year or eight, nine months later, um, we're walking away from that and moving on and doing the same thing in another city, another town, another congregation. So I think in that regards, it's different. I agree. Good answer. Um, absolutely. Now, I never want to speak out a turn, but I would take for granted that there's a possibility that um, new music is down the road. And we had a question thrown in here. Just curious, how is song selection made when you're looking at a new project? Well, uh, let me answer the first part of your question first that you alluded to and to, to tell the fans that are watching tonight, yes, new music is coming soon. Um, we have, we've already tracked uh, all of all 10 songs on a all new original. Actually, we're doing one surprise cover uh, that we're super stoked about. Outside of that, it's new material, brand new songs people's never heard. Uh, which Triumphant hasn't done for a while. We spent about a year, almost a year, a little over a year working on the Hymns and Worship Project. I say we, obviously it's before me, but the group as a whole. Um, so I think fans are ready for some new, fresh material, and that is coming. We have a new single uh, that we're hoping, the vocals for that, and we've got vocals done for two songs. We're actually in the studio next week and the week after doing vocals, kind of when we're home in Nashville. Uh, so new music is coming. The single could release maybe as early as late March, early April. And I think the goal is to be able to drop the album in the month of May, probably mid late May, what I would think, but new music is coming. Now to answer the question about song selections, that's tough. Um, hundreds. I mean, and hundreds almost probably into the four digit like thousand of, of songs being pitched by writers uh myself included writers scotty and, and all of nashville's greatest and i hate saying just nashville because there's writers in every city right uh, just about anymore in every in every state uh that that's writing great great stuff uh, with home studios and i'm no different than that that's i'm sitting in mine right now um people are able to write online and, and stuff and there's great songs. So to answer your question, it's a very, very challenging task for an artist to narrow down literally hundreds of songs down to 10. And, and ultimately, uh, I mean, we probably turned away enough songs to do three albums uh, that were all worthy of, of, of being recorded uh, and, and then some. Uh, it's just really challenging. And oftentimes what happens, and I think what sometimes people don't understand is we try to look at a, a record as a project as a whole and what it represents. But ultimately you want the best songs possible. And that's always the largest goal. But you don't want, a, you don't want an album that's got 10 fast, upbeat, like, you know, I'm, I'm going there where the streets are made, you know, just in your face the whole time. The, the project as a whole needs to be sort of encompassing and sort of take you on an emotional up and down. Right. So we got to be an artist. You need to be sensitive to that. Um, so there were several songs, not that they were alike in message or in melody, but maybe the meter or style of that song, even though maybe it's saying something very different where we turned around, we turned away and said no to some really good songs because there was one that just for some reason stood out a tad different mm -hmm. and it was similar to those. Uh, they maybe have a totally different message. Even. 
And uh, that can be a real challenge sometimes, trying to narrow down uh, the final 10. And, and to be honest with you, we were really close to doing an album with eight songs on it. Oh, wow. We just, these eight are so amazing. Let's do that and we can get it done faster and get it in front of the fans quicker. And, right. and, uh, and, and I, we, I think we came to our senses and realized, let's, let's, let's take two more of those, bring them back. Let's do, uh, let's do it. So it's, it is very challenging. It's not an easy task. And any artist you ask that would tell you that. Most of them say it's the worst part of it. Songs for home, it's the worst. Because you're you're getting songs from friends, from peers, other uh, artists that also ride and stuff, even and it you always feel like you're, you know, telling your friend no, it's not good enough. And it's never that. It's yeah. just it's not right for the project, right? Right. Absolutely. Well, you, I think that was a perfect answer for that. And yeah, you know, especially you guys, you know, um, I know all of you have the heart for ministry and for when, when you're singing, I mean, sure. I, I, groups entertain as well as, as minister and that's just part of it. But with the heart of ministry, you're also making sure that those songs are, are, are going to minister or going to, to share the message that's in your hearts because, um, when, when it ministers to you guys, you can share it with a heart that it ministered to someone else, I guess is what I'm trying to, to get to. A um, couple more here. Let's see. You may be familiar with this. This sounds like somebody who's known you a bit. Uh, Mr. Flores, does that ring a bell? Yeah, Elias, that's from my home state of Indiana. Okay, so, great. He's followed me ever since I was uh, with Third Row Boys back in 2015. <laughs> He's a great dude. Good to well, see we, you, brother. Well, we, yes, sir. We appreciate him uh, joining us. Got another shout out about Bessemer. So let's take a second with that. Haley Barkley says she's looking forward to seeing y'all in Bessemer. And what is going on in Bessemer? Uh, you guys are on the tour, uh, the Bill Bailey concerts. And... Uh, this weekend, I think y'all are in Mobile and then Bessemer, and I think there may be one more that's escaping me. But Friday, January 19th, for sure, in Bessemer at 7 p.m., features Triumph Quartet, The Hoppers, Karen Peck, and New River, and The Guardians. So yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's a fantastic tour. You can look it up at BillBaileyConcerts.com. I should have put that up where I could display it, but BillBaileyConcerts.com, and you can follow that tour. But an awesome time. So if you're in the area, especially Alabama, it's coming to kind of the central northern side with Birmingham and then all the way south with Mobile. So y'all mark it down. Yeah, we're actually all the way to Mobile, I think, Thursday night, I believe. And then mm -hmm. back to Bessemer. And uh, I think we end up, actually, I just pulled up. We end up uh, in Monroe, Louisiana okay. on uh, Saturday after a Sunday evening, we're in Logansport, Louisiana. So okay. down in Louisiana, you get a chance to see Triumph this weekend as well. Yeah, that's a, a powerhouse-packed uh, lineup there, too. You don't want to miss that when that comes. And love to see folks support those concerts. Um, I thought about this earlier, and I decided not to. Um, but we had somebody ask, because we talked about these ministering songs. And one song, like I've watched y'all uh, several times um, with you and then before, and as, as the group has really moved to a, a worship ministry focus, and then there comes a time when the crowd wants to hear 
Clayton sing his bluegrass. So Blaine asked, how do you like singing the old white flag with a laugh out loud? <laughs> I hate it. No, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> uh, this is the honest to goodness truth. It really doesn't matter because if we don't sing it, we're going to get ran out of town. <laughs> That's yep. good uh, it, it is certainly a highlight. And you can tell when that track starts and that first chorus hits, them white flags come out. And, and I'll be honest with you, this past couple weekends, I've seen flags on a stick. Like, wow. I mean, they're a whole other level. So, well, yeah, it's a lot. And hey, who doesn't want to see Clayton Inman dance and hoop and holler? And, and yeah, I have to, I know I love it. It's fine. Yeah. It, Changes the tempo. And, you know, interestingly, I told Eric this. I said, Eric has this wonderful ability. And he's a string from his heart. To be able to say something witty, funny, clever, to get kind of people laughing, and then right back to ministry and, and really hold them. Like, most of the time, you know, you have a powerful song that kind of gets them, and then you come out of that and you start sharing the love of Jesus and salvation or what God's done for you, and it kind of gets them on the edge of the seat, edge of the seat. And then if something, God forbid, happens, it's funny, oh, they're going to the inevitability to, uh, to just throw in these little – that actually – continues to pull people further into what he's got to say, which is the reason why he's doing it. It's like, you know, Bill Bailey is notorious for rattling off the groups that are coming and Elvis Presley and the winner. Oh, I want to make sure you're listening. It's kind of like that, right? Uh, and White Flag is certainly one of those. We came from a heartfelt uh, introducing Jesus to people. Uh, how many Right to that song and people heat it up. <laughs> right. Oh, and, and you hit the nail. Um, Eric is one of the best, you know, MCs, stage managers, whatever you want to call it. I mean, he's one of those. He's one of those out of the out of the uh, same mold as like your Georges that just really can read a crowd and and like you said, take them to the heart and and, and speak to the heart and then also transition and 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 get a laugh and and to me, it's a trust building. You know, when when you develop a relationship with someone, to me, that's always the key thing to being able to witness to them. Um, I, I just think it makes a huge difference. And, and I think that's what Eric is, has the ability to do with his his um, his speaking from the stage is, is he's actually engaging the audience and building that relationship. And, and that opens the door to be able to minister. So I, I, I say this with absolutely no reservation. He is best on the road at it right now. Nobody touches it. The guy's his heart's in the right place, and that's always a goal. Amen. Thinking about the song, the singing, that the reading. That's why it's so important to him and to us. That's why. Amen. Well, brothers, we are nearing the hour mark, and we sure don't want to wear out our welcome. Is it okay if we throw just a couple more questions your way? Yeah, go right ahead. Jason. Got one or two in your pocket. Well, let me. I want to step back here on just a couple of things real quick. Um, on the the album release coming up, uh, you mentioned sometime in May, right? That's 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 the hope. Yes. Um, you got a pen and a piece of paper. I want to I want you to write down the date and pass it to Eric. He may not be watching. 
May the eighth is my birthday. May so, the eighth. <laughs> so, so that was loud and clear. Yeah. So Jason Baines is asking for Triumph Quartet to release their new project as a oh. birthday gift to him. That's that's bold right there, brothers. <laughs> I tell you what. As, as, as the state of Alabama's biggest fan, I think it's only fair, Jason. I'm just <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, and and you mentioned as far as as you guys and when you're ministering and and your guys' big thing is is encouragement and by no means am I trying to pat myself or Rachel on the back, but we have felt so deeply the last year um, that you guys and, and other groups that we go and see pour your heart out on stage, not after night, encouraging the people that come to see you. And, and we have just felt um, the urge in to encourage you guys to encourage the groups that um, that we have gotten close to, and we obviously we can't reach out to every group that's out there, but we have a handful that that we try to do that too, and and you know I, I hope that that the people watching and listening, um, I hope they take that kind of thing to heart because these groups that are out there night after night, beating the bushes, beating the roads, that you guys need encouragement too, and and I think that's just a very important thing right now. And, and that wasn't a question. That was a statement. Sorry. And, and, and Hey, let me say thank you for that. Uh, those words and the prayers and the, Hey, just praying you today. Love you. Praying for you. That, yeah. That means a lot. It really does. It really does. Uh, we spent a lot of time on the road, a lot of sacrifice away from our families to do what we do, what we've been called to do doesn't mean it's always easy. Uh, you know, sometimes we're sitting on that bus five, six hours waiting to get started. Uh, and when, you know, when I could be home with my wife uh, or going and seeing my kids, but the Lord's called me to do this and uh, no regret. I mean, it's not easy. You might like your job. You still got to go in. You still got to get up, get out of bed. Right. Yep. That encouragement is very much appreciated. Thank you, Jason. You and Rachel have been, uh, been very special to me just in the last what, four or five months I've been with the group. Well, I appreciate it. Um, and I do have a question. Um, yeah. So if they're, I'm kind of keying off of one of the questions from our forward group. Um, if there were a group past or present that you could sing with, who would it be? Oh, uh, well, there's two people that I absolutely idolize as far as singers go, and and not not that I put myself in any way close to, to either of these guys, but uh, the Hensons, Kenny Henson, Kenny Rott, the fan, oh the Hen oh, wow, like to to back in the heyday to be able to be in that time and walk off the stage as they're coming on and vice versa and parade of hits with the Hensons. That would have been the highlight for me, a bucket list. Uh, the same would probably fall for uh, Gaithers uh, with Mark and uh, Michael and David uh, and, and Wes in the heyday. I mean, they're still amazing. I love the lineup today, but that particular lineup of Gaithers uh, for me was to me, the untouchables like, wow, I, you know, I'm, 
vocal band fan. So I'd, I'd probably have to say Gaither Vocal Band and uh, the Hensons for sure. Uh, how about how about influences? Who who would you say would be the biggest influence as far as your um, ministry now? Ministry by far would be my mother. Uh, I feel like the talent that I have, I owe largely. I mean, I got got it on both sides of my family, my dad's side and my mother's side. From a, and being in the bloodline, uh, two generations, four generations deep of Pentecostals on my dad's side. So I've been raised in this. It's all I know. Uh, and we were worshipers and stuff from the beginning. Um, but I feel like my mom is probably that my biggest inspiration from someone who I idolized as a kid, watching her lead worship and watching how, how she would deliver a song could completely change the dynamic of the service, set the tone for dad to come in and preach, uh, or sometimes not even be able to preach because the tone got set. And now, okay, this is what's happening. Um, you know, this is an altar call or this is a, a prayer line now because of uh, the environment that that, ability and that desire to be anointed and be in God's perfect will for that moment at that time. Growing up, watching my mom do that, certainly my biggest inspiration. Um, singers, as far as, uh, you know, people that I tried to mimic and um, Michael English, uh, to me, one of the most unique and most gifted singers to ever step on the stage. Um yeah, I mean, if I, when I grow up, I want to be Michael. <laughs> right? I mean, just wow. If I had half of that, I would. I I feel like I could be on another planet. He's amazing. He was amazing. And and what little bit of singing I've heard of him, even late, he still got it. You know, it's different because he's older. But wow, yeah, huge Michael English fan. Here's a um, here's another question. Let's see if I can throw this up there. Oh, favorite road trip snack. Um, I'm a big uh, wheat thins, cheese and crackers kind of guy. So that's usually uh, going on the bus every weekend with me. Uh, that kind of, you know, trying to eat, trying to be healthy. Wheat thins are really not good for you. They just sound healthy. So I'm, <laughs> my brain is telling me that that's okay, I guess. Um, you know, you eat a half a box after a concert. It's probably not the best thing. <laughs> um and, but I have a sweet tooth. So what you're uh, saying is, is I, I will say this. I am absolutely addicted to sugar. Uh, and I know that's a problem. So, yeah, I got to have something sweet after every time I eat. My wife's like, you know, and just knows I better have some chocolate or something out because he's going to be looking for it. So, yeah. So and, uh, I'm going to throw a plug in here, Jason. <laughs> you know I'm going with this, right? Good Lord, Rachel Gaines and the cinnamon rolls. I'm telling you, that is straight from the throne room of heaven. Just, I'm hoping there's one of those in Bessemer when we're <laughs> Rachel, you're listening. I know you're there. <laughs> that's uh, that that's taking a road trip snack to a whole other level. Let's just say, absolutely. I think some of those may be in the works. Sweet. Um. And, you know, on the forward show with all of our young artists and the young fans, um, I think sometimes what happens when they ask the artists their snack, they get bombarded at concerts. Man. So maybe you'll get some wheat thins and, uh, yeah. you know, some cheese oh. or something given to oh, you. Oh, well, you're coming now, right? Yeah. Uh, um, let's see. 
seemed like there was, yeah. One other question that our kids like to ask the artist is, you know, say you weren't on the road singing, uh, ministering, you weren't working at church ministry, you had nothing to do with, with music and singing. Uh, what, what do you think you could see yourself doing as far as a, a, another job, a non-singing, non-ministry job? What would you choose? Uh, my background is sales. Um, okay. I, I've been in technical sales uh, for over, well, actually in 94 would have been 30 full years of uh, involved in sales. So I'm one of those guys where I feel like I could sell ice to Eskimo. Or I've been told that anyway. But, cool. uh Probably as long as it's something people related. I, I love being around people. I love people. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy that wants to sit in a room and crunch numbers and, and stuff. I want to be, I'm a bit of a social butterfly in that regards, which is probably why it's a good fit that I'm on the road engaging with fans so much. I enjoy that. Perfect. Uh, so I like being around people. Now, as far as hobbies, if I wasn't, if I was on the road and had more time, I'd probably be on the golf course a lot more. I love playing golf. It's just been forever. Uh, Southern gospel became, uh, sort of all of my energies and all of my, um, my free time and hobby stuff completely became singing. So not swung the clubs in a bit, but that's something I certainly enjoy doing and, and writing, I love writing music with my wife and, uh, you know, producing demos and that kind of stuff for other writers and, and stuff. I got a little production studio in the house and, uh, and awesome. a lot, a lot, anything music related for sure. That's great. And those little questions are a little different, but I don't know. It gives the folks watching a little other side that they may not uh, information they don't find out from the stage. So I, I always enjoy when our young folks ask those questions. And you mentioned being a salesperson. I tell you what, let's do. Um, you know, these guys, I'll put this up here and I'm going to put up the website for triumphantquartet.com, triumphantquartet.com. So, Sean, if you want to, at this point in time, maybe share with the watchers, you know, all things Triumphant Quartet, anything you'd like to promote or talk about, you know, maybe upcoming events that's happening, uh, anything you'd like to do, let's do it and let's lead them to triumphantquartet.com. Well, triumphantquartet.com is where you're going to find, obviously, access to all of our music uh, and merchandise, uh, most importantly, our schedule, which tells you where we're going to be and when. Uh, there's an, op uh, an option to click on more details about that, which tells you exactly the location and time, who else is there with us in some cases as well, depending on the promoter and, and how that's working. So I encourage everybody to visit the website that you've got posted and thank you both for doing that. Uh, I think the biggest thing, we've got a cruise coming up uh, that we're sailing on next month. So that's probably pretty much too late for anybody to join, right. but we do have uh, a cruise and I don't have it in front of me. So forgive me here. I'll scroll through. It's in September uh, where we're sailing out of Boston. Um, let's see the Caribbean cruise is September the 10th or I'm sorry, February the 10th. Let me scroll down here real quick. and I'll get to this. Uh, just, I, I don't want to keep everybody waiting. Go to, go to the website. If you want to cruise, uh, with Triumphant Quartet and many other gospel gospel favorites are all going to be there as well. You can do that and uh, you just call and tell them, hey, I want to cruise and I want to be able to say I'm going with Triumphant Quartet. That actually helps us in Triumphant's ministry and helps covering some of the cost of, of us being there for the week and help covering our expenses so that we can do this every year. And it's super cool because it gives us an opportunity to be on a boat, eat, 
and sing gospel music all day long and hang out with our fans and our friends. And it's just a wonderful time. And uh, the, uh, the cruise in the fall, our wives are all coming. So it's going to be a blast. I can't wait. I'm looking, really looking forward to that one. That is wonderful. And as I always do, I want to encourage our watchers to really go to the website, look around. We love to support our artists by purchase their music. Uh, you can purchase in downloadable form. You can actually buy the physical product. They have it on USB. They have apparel and merchandise. Love for you to love on them by supporting them that way. And then also talking about that tour, you can see where they're going to be. And it's got the booking contact information on there. And here is one thing that I love, love, love about the heart of the guys of Triumph Quartet. Um, for year after year after year, they've been voted favorite quartet. Uh, they've been voted favorite artist and favorite individual singers and songs and just one of the most awarded groups uh, over the last several years in Southern gospel music. And they still come in to the local church and, and sing. They will still come in and, and they have the heart to minister. There's a little small church just about 30 minutes from my house that uh, they frequent, I know, up in uh, Beaverton area. But so y'all have contact the booking agent and they, they would love to talk to you about possibly coming and ministering in your church in your hometown. Absolutely. For sure. Well, Jason, have you got anything else that you would like to? I, I hope we haven't wore out a welcome with you, Sean. Um, we're about an hour or 10 on this thing. But uh, when we start talking and have fun, time flies, right? Yeah. It's been fun. Thank y'all for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. As we as we put a bow on this thing, um, I have one more question, uh, Sean. Out of out of all of your travels thus far, with with any of the groups, um, funny road story stick out to you? Oh wow, there's several. Probably some. Most I probably shouldn't say publicly on social media. But. <laughs> Um, no, not really. I mean, I, you know, they joke about, I mean, we obviously have fun and cut up and have a good time on the bus. But one of the things I remember David and Eric telling me, he's like, we're, we're, we're kind of boring on the bus. We really don't. If I hope that's okay. We don't have to entertain you. And I'm like, I don't need entertained. I just want to go sing and love on people. So not really, uh, some highlights, of course, for me, uh, for me already in the last, uh, wow, geez, September, October, November, December, January. So I'm, four plus months in already um just uh obviously getting to sing at the national quartet convention with him last uh last year was fantastic uh, yeah. just an awesome experience um i got to play piano for karen peck the first weekend we were out together that was a fun experience like awesome. the karen peck that was super cool and love absolutely love her and new river and everybody and just getting getting to travel with our peers and and uh get getting the you know, strengthen those relationships and encourage them. Jason, to your point, we're all on the road. We all need some encouraging. And uh, a, a lot, I, I mean, I could sit here and list off highlights, but funny stuff, not, nothing comes to mind. And I'm sure as soon as it's over, I'm like, man, I should have told him about that one time Clayton did this. No, I don't remember. Well, at least that means there's must, there must not have been a traumatizing time because that would have stuck out into the into the mind. So that's a good thing. Um, uh, I'll say Eric likes to pick on me for being Pentecostal. I will say that. And, and more times than not, there's some joke about me in my box of, of snakes, which is not, <laughs> not that happens more than not that he brings it up. 
I can promise you folks, there's, there's no snakes in the barber house or on that bus. I promise you. That. I hear you. And uh, we have a special listener here that I'm popping up. Uh, you're getting a little help here with the date for the cruise. Yeah, that's my beautiful wife. September the 7th is when we sail out of Boston and uh, go up the Northeast. It's going to be a beautiful trip. Of course, she knows. She gets to go. She knows it's coming. Awesome. You think you think that's marked down on the on the schedule then? Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's on our calendar, yes. <laughs> Great. Well, look, uh, we certainly do appreciate you uh, for taking your time out. Uh, and I know this is your personal time, uh, your downtime with your family. So it means a lot to me and Jason for you to take that time and, and share with us. And, and I know that everyone watching uh, appreciates that as well. So we just appreciate you so much. And we just pray God will bless all of you guys as you uh, travel and minister for him. Well, listen, guys, let me just say real quick. Thank you. Thank SPM Studios for doing this. Uh, every outlet there is to promote what I think is the best music on the planet. And that's Southern gospel. Uh, I just like calling it gospel music. It's just gospel music. It's sure. not just Southern. It's just such a large uh, audience. Thank you all for doing that. And uh, it's the least I can do is come on and give you um, somebody else to talk to, to talk about this great ministry. And, and I want to say thank you both to doing, for doing what you do. And uh, and. uh Kind of call everybody out to hit the share and the like button and all that stuff and follow these guys. This is great. Thank y'all for doing it. Appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. God bless you, everybody. God bless you. We'll see y'all next time down the road. Y'all have a great night.